No drunk fucking Jews allowed. Welcome to the Mouthpiece, episode 29, year one. Today, we're going to talk about my week in poker, or my week in poker, what could have been, as well as what has happened with my car breaking down in the fucking BMW dealership, as well as the upcoming WPT Five Diamond Tournament. So buckle up, stay tuned. The Mouthpiece is next. What up, what up, what up, everybody? It's been an interesting week. So it started off uh, Monday. Uh, I uh, had the invite to play day one of that uh, 500,000 Rob's game on Poker Go. And uh, the lineup looked absolutely amazing. And it was going to be, I think, eight handed. Uh, he t- and so I told a few friends to line up and I had the money raised within uh, about an hour and a half and was all set to play. Uh, it was a good spot for me. I was just going to take a 10% free roll, which is uh, like playing 50 and 100, a pretty juicy 50 and 100 game with no risk. Uh, I think that was a good, pretty good spot. You know, if I went 400,000, put 40 in my pocket, uh, would have been all good. So I was all set to play, and uh, a couple of the uh, of the rich billionaires that were supposed to play uh, bailed out uh, on Monday night. So now it was down to five-handed, and me getting in, making it six. Now I knew that with uh, JRB and Rick Solomon and Rob in the game, they're going to have the straddles and restraddles and. I'm like, well, we're going to need a bigger boat. You know, I'm just not going to put up 200,000 when it's a 2,000 straddle, 4,000 straddle, 8,000 straddle. Uh, It just felt like I would have to just play cards instead of play poker. Um, And as it ended up on day one, that's what, what Phil had to do. And luckily he won 200 on day one and, and uh, then he won, I think, 76 on day two. And going into day three, now he was sitting on a pretty deep amount of money he's able to play. And if uh, and Phil was able to really play well today and play the way I, I know that Phil's capable of playing. But uh, you could tell that he was a little bit worried about the uh, amount of money uh, that he had to risk because he only had a certain amount for the three days. Uh, so I felt that I would have been in that spot too. Uh, so I ended up going playing on uh, Tuesday. I ended up telling them that I wasn't going to play uh, because I didn't, I just, the type of, I'm not going to, most people in poker would never risk a, a free roll shot in a game like that. But I'm not going to put up 200,000 of people's money and not, and just basically where I have to play Super. I mean, I play tight as it was, but I would have to play like ultra nitty tight. And I just felt that I would be out of my comfort zone and I didn't want to play out of my comfort zone, uh, especially after not playing any really, really high poker since high six poker back in the day. Uh, so I decided uh, to do this, uh, to pass on it. Ended up going down to the Aria and I jumped in a 50-100 game with my own money. <laughs> Um, 
and I uh, the game was kind of really shitty, uh, except for one spot. Uh, lucky for me, the one spot gave me ten thousand right away, and then he ends up quitting, and I said, "Well, boys, uh, nice playing with you." And uh, like I talk about all the time, uh, I'm not going to put myself in spots where, of course, I could have played five handed with these guys and been fine. But, you know, I'm working really hard to, you know, pay a few people that I owe and keep my bankroll up and uh, not make mistakes. You know, my, you know, I still have, you know, plenty of bills I have to pay every month and I. I just don't want to put myself in spots where I make mistakes. So that was pretty much my week in poker uh, or what could have been. Like I say, Uh, I, uh, it was funny. So I'm uh, in the, after the one guy left the, the, I kind of started, I went around and walked around, went over to the poker go studio, said hello to everybody. uh, And then I walked by the two, 400 mix game, uh, the private game they have over at the Aria. And of course, uh, I was locked out of it, and they said if a seat open, they'd let me in it. And uh, as soon as the two two people that they kind of build the game around picked up their chips, everybody quit and the game broke. So, uh, yeah, they said I was going to be first up, but as it figures, uh, I didn't get in the game. But uh, a couple of people who had had put up money for me to play in the in the big game were they were we were watching it on the uh, TV, and they're like, Mike, I'm I'm just I'm so mad. Why did you pass on this game? How did, like, like, because nobody could get in these games. And like, look at these guys. They're like, even you playing nitty nitty tight could not lose in this game. I said, yeah, you're probably right. But I was thinking about, I, I know, I just can't. I, I told, I told one of the persons who had put, who would, who had put up uh, like 40 of the 200. I said, I just couldn't, I didn't want to put you guys, I didn't want to put in a spot where I could lose. And they go. It's gambling. Uh, you could. You're. You're, you're never uh, going to be in a spot where you can't lose. I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, but I wanted to be in a spot where it's eight-handed, and I could mix it up, use my image, and do what I, I do best without really risking it. I, and I felt just six ma- six-handed with those guys in the game. The game was going to play real big, and and it did play really big. I was right, but. You know, uh, as it turned out, you know, a couple of people are like, you, you should have, I wish you would have played now. And, and in hindsight, uh, maybe I kind of wish I did too, but I ended up uh, winning like, I think it was like 9,200 uh, in the 1,500 game. So, uh, you know, it was all good. Everything worked out, but uh, uh, what could have been, what could have been, uh, it's my... It's my new my newfound ability to have bankroll management and not even though it wasn't costing me any of my own money, uh, but I just you know I don't want to I don't want to lose people's money. If people are going to put up money for me, uh, I'm going to win for them. And if you look over the last three years at the World Series, everybody has put up money. I've crushed it and I won for them. Uh, every time Phil's took a piece of me in a game, I've crushed it. Uh, I just put myself in good spots now, and uh, you know I think it's uh, really important if you're if you're if you're building your bankroll uh, and you've gone through a lot like I've gone through is just to not make mistakes and and try and and put it in good spots like 
You know, what happens if I get in that game and I lose 200? You know, people will say, well, it's gambling, you lost 200. Well, you know, are they going to stake me or put me up the next time? You know, and I look at it that way. I want to, I want people to understand that when I'm playing other people's money, I'm going to always give them, have the, put them in spots where they have the, the, uh, the uh, a better than, than normal chance to win. You know what I'm saying? Let's just say a uh, top player that wins 65% of the time, 70% of the time, whatever, you know, I want to be in games uh, where I feel like I'm 90% to win. You know, people say, oh, Mike, you're, you're talking out your ass. You're never 90% to win in, uh, in any poker game. You know, it's, it's gambling. Well, you know, um, I just, uh, I didn't, I want to, if, if the game's going to play bigger and it's eight handed, it's way easier for me to, as it's 1500 around, you know, they'll be straddling. I would, I wouldn't be cause I'd be on one bullet. Maybe if I get out ahead, of course, if I get out ahead a hundred or two, you know, I put straddles on cause I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a nit burger piece of shit. You know, if I'm out in front, I'm going to gamble with them, you know, but, uh, I just didn't want to be and people feel like uh, I'm not gambling with them and whatever. So I ended up passing on the game. Uh, everything happens for a reason. So that was that. Uh, then uh, my car, uh, which I had just spent 2700 to fix about two weeks ago, a day after I had left there, uh, a couple lights went on and I, so I hadn't driven it in a couple weeks. So I brought it back into the BMW dealership and a guy calls me today and it's got like uh 3700 to fix. I'm like, "Dude, the car's worth 22,000. You just made me pay 2700. Now you want me to pay 3700." And so I think I'm just going to turn the car in and lease lease a, a, a new car and uh and be done with it cuz I ain't giving them no 3700. It's like a uh head gasket is out. They want 1200 for that another tire i just had two tires put on and the thing is i thought i i paid for a lifetime tire warranty but they said when my when my car warranty expired that means my tire warranty expired anyways all of a sudden it's been three tires and on a bmw tires are like 500 a piece and the guy's like oh you need a new battery too i go well, let's try my battery my car starts runs fine a bmw battery is like 750 bucks it's like about I don't know, two foot long, two by one, two foot. It's like, it's the stupidest looking battery anyways. I'm like, he's like, it's showing signs of, of, of short on what I'm like, the car starts. I don't need a battery. So, uh, the guy, uh, got it down on like 1700. I, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but, uh, man, uh, working my ass off trying to build up a bankroll and my mocking put all this money in a stupid ass money pit fucking BMW. Now, that's been my week pretty much uh, with uh, the five diamond coming up uh, at the first of the week. I want to make sure that um, I'm prepared for it. So I've been got myself playing poker and got my sleep schedule right. And so these are the things that are real important to me right now. So going into the Christmas break, uh, I'm all about poker and having a deep run in this five diamond tournament coming up um and uh just in case you guys uh tournament starts monday wpt five diamond if you want to buy a piece of me go to ustake.com click on my name you can buy up 
10 bucks up to whatever, 5,000. Uh, I'm selling 50% of myself. I think there's 38% left. Check it out, usesteak.com. Another thing happened to me today. I was supposed to play in this private game also, 50, 100, no limit game. And uh, I kind of got pissed off because uh, they told me uh, when I ended the game the other day that we would be playing Thursday, but they weren't sure it would be like 10 a.m. or 3 in the afternoon. So I woke up at ten at like 10 a.m. and I texted, no answer. Texted at 12. They said, we're not sure what time we're starting yet. I'll text you when we're going to start. Now it's 3.30. I text again and uh, the person tells me um, we're playing and you don't have a seat. And I kind of went berserk because I thought it was disrespectful. Uh, if the person would have told me a couple fish texted him or a couple guys that were pretty live texted him and they were in town and wanted to play. And if he would have just told me when I was texting with him all afternoon that that you might not have a seat and I apologize for it, I would have been happy for it. But to not text me back and start the game and then tell me I don't have a seat, I thought it was way out of line and disrespectful and I let the person know about it. Um, but anyways, we, we, we've already talked afterwards and it's all, everything's cool about it now. I just told him, you know, in the future, you know, if we have, if you tell me I'm in a game and something comes up where I'm not going to be in, just, just be honest with me. Just say, Hey, you know, I'll make it up to you. You know, you'll be in next time. And, uh, just, just, just have integrity. I think it's very important, uh, uh, in life and with people in poker and, and everything, you know, when you're supposed to, if something comes up and, and, you know, just be honest, you know, don't, don't just start a game and just tell me I'm out of the game. That's, that's just kind of scummy, you know? And, uh, but me and that person worked it out and we're all good now. So, as you know, um, it's winding down the NFL season, and it's uh, I'm out of the suicide pools, and my pick em, uh contest, I'm pretty much out of that, too. Uh, two weeks ago, I took a shot of, because I was 72 points back, of going against a, lot of, a couple of line moves, which I knew everybody up at the top would be on to try and make up ground. And I had a one and nine week, and that pretty much ended. I had four points. That was uh, three weeks ago. That ended, that ended my chance of winning the pick'em. So now uh, it's basically about trying to win a weekly, uh, fifteen hundred dollar weekly. And uh, I bounced back pretty good uh, with uh, two back to back six and four weeks, um, with uh, my top picks winning both weeks. So. Um, as you guys know, uh, my pick of the week's now on a two-week winning streak after losing uh, six in a row, and we are now up to five and nine on the year. Boy, it'd be nice to run out uh, last four weeks and finish uh, seven and nine, uh, or wait, there's 17 weeks, or even though uh, only 16 games, but uh, there is 17 weeks, so I could get to eight and nine. Uh, that's our goal. Our goal is eight and nine on the pick of the week. So, uh, for everybody out there that likes to listen to my pick of the week, likes to checker it, likes to go with it. Um, I've really, uh, had three weeks where I was really sure on it. And two of those weeks won and the other one lost. The one that lost was 
Cincinnati getting plus 10 against Baltimore when I was in Florida. Uh, that was, uh, I just thought that they were going to come flat, but this Baltimore team, they're a monster. And um, if I was recording this podcast, uh, uh, I don't know if I would have had Baltimore. I don't think I ever would have laid 17. Matter of fact, I know I wouldn't have laid 17, but uh, I've been kicking it around. Um on my pick of the week uh, between three teams. Uh, It's uh, Denver with uh, Locke as quarterback has looked fantastic the last two weeks. They are, um, uh, I think they're five and eight on the year where they should 100% have five more wins. I mean, this team is literally the best five and eight team maybe in NFL history. They've had two bad weeks. Other than that, I think the coach or they gave away four games in the last like 30 seconds of a game. So I'm debating about going with them uh, again, getting plus 10 against Kansas City. Now, Kansas City coming off the big win in New England. It's, It's a letdown spot, but I think they know what I know of how good Denver is. It's a division game. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I've got, I got that one in my mind. I got, um, I'm really leaning towards the Redskins plus five. I mean, that Philadelphia offense is pathetic. The Redskins have covered. You guys remember I had them like four of the first five. I I had them a bunch when they were Owen six. I think they've covered four straight weeks. Uh, they're getting healthy. They've looked good. So, and I'm and I'm looking at Dallas as a home dog. The Rams have looked great two weeks in a row, and Dallas is just a toilet. But if Dallas, the thing is, is even if Dallas loses this week and they beat Philadelphia in Philly, and then they win the last week against the Gi- I think it's the Giants or the Redskins at home. I think it is. They're going to get in. So uh, I'm going to stay away from the Dallas because they look like shit. So it's narrowing it down to Washington plus five or Denver plus 10 on the road. Washington home dog, Denver plus 10. Bum, 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 bum. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take. It's close. I really like both these teams. Okay. Uh but not like a super like I told you I'm two and one on the games where I said you can't lose this year. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to take the division rival. I'm going to take plus ten with Denver as my pick of the week. I'm going to go back to back weeks of Denver. Um, Kansas City has to come somewhat flat coming off the Patriot win. They're pretty much locked into the seed they're in. Uh, Denver they're playing hard for the coach. Uh, Drew Locks look great two weeks in a row. Uh, the defense has been great all year. They've thrown two clunkers in. One of them was against Kansas City at home, and I really think they're going to bring it this time. I really like Denver as my best pick. Denver plus 10, my pick of the week. Good luck to you guys out there. The mouthpiece. If you'd like to take part in our phone call segment, you can give us a call at 702 329 And if you're a snowflake or a pussy and you don't want to talk to me, you can email me at mouthpiecepodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow me at the Mouth Mattiso on Twitter 
for times that our call-in segment will be live. Okay, now it's time for our favorite time of the show, our phone call segments. Let's hear what our fans have to say this week, everyone. So let's light up the phone lines. Welcome to the mouthpiece, Mike. Six. I see that. Yo, yo, hold on, hold on. Is this Mike the mouth baby? What's up, man? Who's this? What's up, bro? Hey, this is Cody. I called you before. Listen, my friend is on the worst down swing I've ever seen in my motherfucking life, dude. It is gold. Shooting. I want you to tell Mike fucking how bad is your down swing, bro? Uh, I've lost 192 70-30s or 80-20s in 24 hours. <laughs> never happened to me. Never, never happened to me, man. Never happened to me. Oh my god, dude! I, oh on my top god. of that, hold on. On top of that, out of every tournament I've busted, um, or or chip leading, I have gotten it in bad one time, and I've lost two. Where I or no, sorry, three in the past. Uh, well, fucking today that I had at least, I was at least ninety percent to win. One was running cards for quads. And then another one flop, Poker flop, is flop, fun for everyone except oh, my dude, I love it. How's night going, Mike? How's What's your night that? going, baby? I fucking love it, bro. I don't know, man. That see, that's uh, no limit holding for you, I guess. That's why oh, I like two playing. card, two cards, crazy. Yeah, that's why I like playing. Well, the thing is, is is uh, I don't. I mean, people are like. I don't. I. I don't know. I. I see shit. People don't fold. They're just like. No, they just no. Never think go. anybody got it. And that's they low just... stakes, dude. That's low stakes. If you step up in stakes, like it's so fucking different. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I had somebody calling last week about. They're like they were asking about GTO and a one-two no limit. I mean, I'm like, dude, you don't need to know about there GTO in a no, one-two <laughs> no limit game. They don't, they don't know. They don't know what they're where they're at. How the fuck? Is, well, what does that mean? Right. You know? Yeah. Right. So no. Well, I, was, you, I was asking uh, yeah. earlier. I was uh, I was asking Cody. I was like, man, do people at the stake? Because I, I don't. I don't usually play lower micro stake. I was mm-hmm. like, do they really not think about ranges? And he was like, no, dude. Like, at all. Ranges are irrelevant. No. They don't even know what a They don't even... They don't... Like, they look at their hand, and they flop a pair. And that means that it's to the river, and to the river, and then they... It's like... they just, It just it is got, what it is. Man. It's pretty funny. Oh, man. I got hey. for 75 bigs, all right? I had air, to be fair, but I was... Mm-hmm. I, I three bet to steal. I happened to get called, so I was playing my range, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the board was like ace, king, queen. Mm-hmm. Smashes my three betting range. Right. All right. So I, I just thought I, I just thought I'm triple barreling. I already decided he has an under pair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I triple barrel because I, I I have like 400 hands with this guy, so I know him pretty well. Right. Uh, I triple barrel. It calls me down all the way with pocket five. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, I mean that's it. If if don't you know that if you three bet pre, this is the range they put you on. Oh, that's ace king. Oh, no ace or king. I have a pair and I just call. That's why. That's why. I, there was an ace, a king, a queen, like a straight draw, a flush draw. 
Yeah. Well, maybe. Oh yeah. Maybe you guys got history, man. Maybe. Maybe the way you click. Maybe you. They have like software. Like if you click like one half of a millimeter too soon, that means you're weak, or too quick, that means you're strong. I don't know. I don't. To me, hey, Mike, Mike, I, don't I just want to tell you one thing, brother. I just wanted to tell you one thing. What's I'll that, get man? off the phone quick. I know you're busy. Yeah. Fuck Doug Polk. Doug Polk's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Polk can suck a dick. Every time, hey, listen, every time you post your number on Twitter, I'm going to call and tell you that Doug Polk is a fucking whore. His mom's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a fucking clickbaiter. He's just a clickbaiter, man. That's all. I love you guys, man. Have a good night. I love you, bro. Take care. Peace. <laughs> Later. Yo, welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike. What's up? This is Mike. This is Mike. Who's this? This is uh, David Ross, man. I was just calling. I saw your uh, tweet. Yeah, I know, man. I'm in New York City, and I just thought, you know, I just left my Christmas holiday party. I saw your tweet, and you know, I'm not trying to, tr- I'm not trying, I'm trying to, trying to ask you a real question. I, this is this is a question. I'm serious. You'll think I'm fucking with you, but I'm serious. Like no, I, 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 I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fucking, I'm, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty decent player. I play like mid to high stakes on ACR. Like I'm an American player, right? Right. Uh, do you? I know. You, I know that you like you know Negreanu and all those fuckers have gotten on you about like you know bunkers and all this other bullshit. But like, do you actually like you know? I, I know, and I'm not trying to troll. I'm like, I'm, I'm oh, like yeah. curious about this. Like, do have you been trying to learn? Like, I hate to say the word GTO, but like, are you? Have you tried well, that like DTO application? Well, the bottom line is this. I, I actually I, I'm going to have a guest on the show tonight uh, that is going to start working with me on it. Uh, only because yeah. of the fact that uh, he knows that I'm probably one of the best card readers in the world, and he wants, if you're going to go against better players, he says I need to learn a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So I'm way open to learning it. Uh, where You really do, man, because, look, if you try this DTO app, you know the Dom, Dominic Nietzsche app? Oh, you, know Nietzsche, you mean the one who the one who re-entered seven times in the hundred K high roller? Dude, at maybe, 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 maybe. But still, like if you, he's a great, if you he's think a, about by the way, he's, he's a friend of mine, a good player, but I like to troll him a little bit. I'm not trying to talk shit, man. But look, if you think about like what they're actually doing instead of like, oh, this is super shit. But mm-hmm. if you really think about it, man, mm-hmm. they actually are. Like if you think about like okay, like you know, if you look at the ranges that a fucking GTO app is playing versus, like, you know, versus, like, what a human app is playing, what a mm-hmm. versus human is playing, mm-hmm. a human is never going to play like this. It's crazy, right? Right. But it's good to learn, like, what they are doing. So I'm just curious. Like, yeah, you know, well, want, that's, like, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm getting older, too, man. I'm 40 years old, dude. Like, yeah. you know, like, as you get older, it's harder to learn this shit, right? No, I agree. Hundred percent. And, you know, the thing is, the only reason why I'm going to, I want to try and, I just want to learn it, because I don't know how much... I, I'm going to change the way I play, but it'll give me yeah. an idea to know what other people are doing. The thing is, is, yeah. is it, it, I, I know people don't believe this, but uh, only people close to me understand it, is I am very f- unlucky with a lot of things that have happened to me in life, but as far yeah. as when it comes to poker... I, I've been gifted this certain intuition gift where yeah. I just know when they 
don't have it and when they have it i i don't know how to explain yeah. it to you it's it's just something that i was born with and you know i understand what you're saying I, See, and like, I, what, you're, what you're saying is like what you're saying is like you know there's this like math side like this gto math side right and there's like this intuition side which there is there's right there hundred hundred fucking percent there is right but like imagine that, like you understood like this math side of it. Well, that's yeah. what I'm trying to get at is this math side of it, and then you could also apply your intuition to it. Right. That's what I, I guess. That's what my my general question, like my like is like the behind the question is. Right. Is that like you know can you do you want to are are you are you are you is your mind capable of like learning? Well, that that's stuff? the thing. And, you know, it's funny you asked that. So my friend who who I said is going to be on uh, that's I'm actually interviewing on the show tonight. Um, is uh a real is been telling me and i about what you know he's really he's got it mastered and and it, it's really gonna help me he knows how good i play so he's known me for like seven eight years and but he and he mm-hmm. thinks it's really gonna help me a lot and i told him well yeah. you know because of because of like all the meds i've been on and i and and how my brain's a little warped a little bit i don't know if i'm gonna be able to comprehend to put all that data in my head but I'm going to try, you know what I'm saying? Dude, I'm telling you, man, like you got to fucking just download this goddamn app. Don't tell anybody about it because it's one of the, like I went through Raise Your Edge. I've been through like Brian LeBron, all this, all this fucking bullshit. I've been through all this, all this like stuff. And I'm a decent player already. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't really need to go through training to to win, but like it helps, you know, just to increase my edge. But like this DTO app is the best training I've had in my life, man. And the only reason I'm saying this right now and like telling anybody in the world, like I keep it a secret because I don't want more people to know. Is because I'm a little buzzed right now. I just got back from my holiday party in New York City, you know. But like seriously, like, like you know, as for you, Mike the Mouth, I mean, like you should really learn this stuff, man. I mean, it, it's it's really like you know, not learn the stuff, but just at least like have an understanding, you know, like you know, no, like I, of, of like you know, a better understanding of it, you know. No, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, yeah. but it's the thing it's is, it's not some like it's not it's, some like witchcraft shit that you're like you think your friends like try teaching some witchcraft. It's kind of like, not, man. yeah, you know, I was like telling my friend, it's it's when you know when you're up against like top players, it's very important to know. But it how is. many yeah, right. how many tournaments do you play or cash games do you play that have? That are, dude, it, it, dude, the hundred players. Team, I finished last year. You can look me up, David Ross. I finished like go look at fucking day one of the main event. I finished top twenty five with the, the day one, and also like you know top hundred of day two with the main event. Okay, and how so, you? And, wait, 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 wait a minute. Big, How'd you end up in the tournament? Oh, I fucking busted day three. <laughs> okay, but okay. Listen, so but here's what. Wait, just shut ones, up for a minute and listen. So so listen for a minute. So I wasn't in, in the top in the top. 3,000 of day one. I wasn't in the top 2,000 of day two. And uh, I was in the, uh, with 199 to go, I was like in 88. Yeah, you had a deep run, right? Yeah, yeah. But the point is, is like, it's there's two dis there's so many different ways to play poker dude it's, you know? I, but i didn't take my beats based on like you know like i'm a good reader too i read the like, right. zachary elwood shit you know what i'm saying yeah. like, you know who zachary elwood you know this guy that reads all the, writes all the books i would love that stuff i love yeah. reading people i love like I, I i you know i play a lot of online but i really believe in like all, and then well and, i know and, this and, and, if you play online poker you have to know GTO and, and the training the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the math. You have to, and online, which is why so I never fish. won. I mean, live there's plan, live there's plan. so many fish. Right. Like in the main event, it was like playing a five dollar tournament. It really was like yeah. One the day one was like playing a five dollar tournament online. Yeah. That's the thing, man. Like deep stack, 
100, 200 big blinds deep, those motherfuckers are dead. Like, there's no, they have, they stand no chance against right. me. But when it, when, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to like 50, 60 big blind, 40 big blind poker, mm-hmm. right. there's a lot of, there's a lot more luck in that skill, you know, in there, you know? Yeah. Well, and you the, need to be right. You're right. You're right. You need to be able to like super read those people. Yeah. Like, you have to, you, you have to have those feel, skills. you have to feel the weakness and feel, and the yeah, thing yeah. is, is when you get in like, like, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I now, you know, now that I've learned a little bit about, you know, what's going on online, it's the reason why I never won online and I never lose playing live. And so if I'm, gonna, I'm not, the thing is, is I don't see myself in the future playing online because of the fact yeah. I'm a D-Gen. I can't go to bed. I can't quit. And, and I just, you know, uh, yeah. I'm just a people person. And, and when I, like, even I played a 5,000 game the other day and, I mean, the very first hand, I, I brought... But see, the thing is, man, with, like, older, like, pros who, like, you know, like, a lot of my friends are, like, you know, they, they were playing, like, higher stakes back in the days. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go back to playing, like, 20 and 30 or $40 tournaments online. Yeah. So the thing is, man, you're playing, like, you know, 10, 20 of those things a day or whatever, you know, 10... Let's say you're playing 10 a day. That's, like, a soft schedule, right? That's, yeah. like, pretty... For, for an older guy, that's, like, for me, 40 year like, 40, 10, 10 schedules tournaments a day is pretty good. But, like, the thing is, is that... You can want to show a lot of money, man. I mean, you know, you don't need to play, and also you're going to be a lot better at live poker. You know, how many so tournaments? Good, you th- man. How many tournaments you think I played in my life? Live or online or both? Just everything. Everything? I don't know. Like probably twenty thousand. How about seven hundred and fifty? Seven hundred fifty thousand. Seven hundred fifty thousand. Seven hundred and fifty. Just seven hundred and fifty altogether? Yes. Oh, you don't play online, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay, and and at the World Series the last three years, I played fifty-two tournaments. I cashed twenty-three and made six final tables. And yeah. guess what? I don't know dick shit about fucking sh- and I about shit. I I don't, I play. I hadn't I hadn't played a tournament in a year before the World Series. I just play the World Series, LAPC, and the Bay One Hundred and One, and that's it. The point I'm trying to say is like. Um, if you're going to play online, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. You need to learn all that stuff. But if, if you're not, and you're just play a few times, no, there's so, so many fish live, dude. It's right. Like the ratio it, it's is just, way higher. Yeah. And, and, and I'm one of the best mixed game players in the world. And it's like riding a bike yeah, to me. And there, sense. there's no, yeah. like, like I'll give you an idea. It's somebody, somebody the thing that, is though, is there as many fish that play mixed games as there is Hold'em and PLO? There is... The ratio has got to fi- be much lower. There's right? more fish in No Limit and PLO, but there's also way more great players. Okay? So, um, let's just say... But if I go play, like, the Colossus or a fucking 1500 double stack or whatever, there's mm-hmm. not going to be, like, that many great players until I get to the final No, exactly. Like, yeah. You're going to be playing against just weak Weak bad players. Yeah, I mean, you know? yeah. Uh, oh, but yeah. in a but in a mixed game, if I play a fifteen hundred dollar mixed game or like PLO, PLO, like yeah. Kylo or whatever, to you know, yeah. something like that. I mean, there's going to be some. Most there's going to the be good players. The, actually, the truth of the matter is, is like the higher you play, the worse they play. Like literally, if you really? if you get in, it, like when I play one k two k mix, I mean, there's like three or four good players and like three complete just people that are just spewing that have no chance, mm-hmm. you know, or even, mm-hmm. even in like 400, 800, like the toughest, the toughest games in mix mix are probably uh 40, 80, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like those guys are grinders grinding for a living to pay their bills. So, uh, yeah. 
you know, it, it, it just depends. You know, I, I just do well in mix. And lately, I the only no, the no limit games I play are ones like private games that I get invited to uh, yeah. where I could just play like a nit and just get paid. I, I know that sounds like crazy, but you know what? I learned it, it, it took worked. me a, it took me a while to figure this out that poker's about playing with people who play worse than you. If you are always in a game where Mike, Mike, you, Mike, you know, hold on, man, because the Uber guy, my wife left his left her phone in the car. Just hold on one second, okay? <laughs> Sorry, hold on. All right, I'm serious. I'm serious. Hold it's on, all man. good, man. The mouthpiece. Okay, welcome to the mouthpiece, my good friend, Mr. Tristan Wade. What's going on, buddy? What's up, Mikey? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, how's life going? Life's good. I um, just uh, moved out to Vegas, playing poker, working on some other things, and yeah, uh, yeah life's good. Can't complain. Yeah, you ready to uh, to take down the five diamond this weekend, or what? Yeah, that would be nice. It's uh, it's on. It starts the day after my birthday, so I'm hoping that would be a nice little birthday present going into Christmas that Santa Claus wants to deliver me. But you never know with yeah. these things. Just do my best and uh, see how it goes. Yeah. So for um, a lot of people out there, they don't uh, they don't know who you are. Um, I I know who you are. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so uh, now pe- me and Tristan go back a ways uh, Tristan's one of the uh, he's a, a great teacher of poker and a great player of poker and um, right now he's uh, working on uh, a lot of a lot of things uh, teaching coaching um, and he's uh, actually hey. the, the one that's going to be doing the work with me on uh, teaching me all this math uh bullshit that goes on in poker even though he's, he's convinced that uh he's gonna make me unbeatable so when he says that i'm gonna go with him so tell everybody about what you what you've been doing and what you've been working on yeah i've just been playing poker since college uh that was back back in the day in the, in the 2000s mm-hmm. and um been playing poker ever since met met mr Mattiso in a venture that we used to do with poker coaching, uh, deep Stacks university and deep Stacks live. We were teaching people how to play poker and, um, yeah, I'm still playing poker to this day. And I do think I can help you with your game. I know you're a field player. You love to go on your reads. You love to go on your intuition. And I think that's what separates the old school poker from the new school poker is just the new school is all about math, analytics, decision trees, decision-making, all these other variables that can kind of be quantified with mathematics and science and uh, using computers to see what strategies are the best. And I think if someone like you mixes in uh, solid, stra- solid sound strategy with your reads and your feel for the game, then, yeah, that will make you literally unbeatable. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, that's, that's the premise of what I've been doing. So I do my own personal coaching. I do one-on-one coaching with private students. And then I also produce content for pokercoaching.com, which is a site run by Jonathan Little and his crew. And they got a lot of good, uh, teachers and content creators I'm, on there. So my I man, Jonathan. The crew and I'm always, I'm always throwing Jonathan out, a uh, uh, a bone on my show. So he, I can't, I, uh, I, I'm sure I've sent him plenty of, of business because I talk really good about Jonathan. Uh, I think he teaches poker really well. So now I got you working for him doing some content. 
uh, that's probably going to make it uh, even better for um, for him. Uh, so that's that's really good to hear that you're doing that. So what else you've been working on? Uh, so you're working with you have the creative uh, teacher. You're working with Jonathan Little, um, and you said something. You were uh, writing something or, or or something. What is that you're doing? Um, no, I didn't say anything about writing anything. Although although I do have something I would like to write. I, I got a couple book ideas that I've been toying with for a while. Not and I didn't really want to write like a poker book that other people have written but i've been i've been wanting to write about the mind and mm -hmm. maybe you know what i've learned in poker and how it reflects with the mind and and how that all aligns with just being a human and, and how the mind works so that's something i've been toying with i've been i've been doing some i've been jotting some stuff down with that and and hopefully you know i can figure out the the, the right way to take those ideas because you know i get ideas and then you're it kind of comes and goes and, and sometimes I'm like, Oh yeah, this is a great idea. And other times I'm like, ah, I don't know. I got other stuff going on that will be better. But yeah, that's one thing I did just, uh, I just started managing an artist, a musician. Okay. That's something not many people know. Um, I got a guy out of Houston who's a really good, like hip hop artist. He does, cool. he does singing, he does raps. And, uh, so I just started managing him and, you know, in the next couple of years, hopefully we can get him really moving. Um, and yeah, I just got a couple other things that are in the are in the works. Hopefully, I can get them off the ground and see how they they work out. But I don't like talking about it too much because, you know, I'd rather just do it and see how it works out than cool. say I'm going to do it and uh, not do it. So, so all right? the, all the listeners out there, if I was to say, if you were to give some free coaching advice for two minutes or three minutes, what would be your best advice you could give to people that are, let's just say an intermediate poker player right now? Okay. That's a good, that's a good question. So I would say the, the basis of advice I could say is it all starts with your starting hand. And I know that's like a really easy thing to comprehend, but I think it's something that people, uh, really don't pay attention to is what hands do you need to enter pots with? What hands do you need to three bet with? What positions do you need to play these hands? And I think just knowing when and where to enter pots is like half the battle right. because then you can, then you, then you're avoiding all the hands you don't even need to be in where you might be losing money or you're definitely not profitable with right. and just go from that point. And, and the next thing I would say is, is understand the trends. Poker is a lot about the trends, and I know we've talked about this, right. you know, in the last couple of weeks. Is you got to see where the game is going, and people, there's like kind of like thought leaders in our community where people are going to listen to these people and these specific players because of who they are in the community. And you have someone like a Doug Polk with his upswing poker mm -hmm. that got a lot of uh, people coming to his site in the last two years mm -hmm. because of who he was two years ago right. and now you have other people putting out coaching and stuff so i really think it's just it's just good to kind of see where the trends are going and try to stay ahead of the curve because um poker is a really complex game and if you can understand the intricacies of it and stay ahead of the curve which is really hard to do because like the game's getting more aggressive. The game's getting a lot more complex. The game's getting a lot more detailed with overbetting and um, really putting in people in spots that they've never been. So I, I've been overbetting since 2001, just in case you wanted to know. 
I remember Daniel right. Daniel brought that up to me uh, uh, about a couple of years ago, about a year ago, about over betting big on the river with the nuts. I go, Daniel, I've been doing that since um, 2001. I mean, so uh, yeah. a lot of the young and- kids never did that because they wanted to get paid. But uh, but when you, you know, it's also about balancing when you over bet big on the river, when you got the nuts, you got to make sure you, you over bet when you, when you make the big bluff too. So uh, I think it's, it's real important to, to know those things. Yeah. And then we're also seeing like, uh, you know, the game's changing too with now over betting on a turn is now like a thing where five years ago, people never really considered over betting until the river or right. like a pre-flop over bet was, right. You know, someone makes it 6X over a raise or something. You're just like, oh, my God, what's this guy doing? So, yeah, I just think, like, things like that, the trends and and how people adjust, knowing your player types and those type of things, because some people are going to try to learn these new concepts and never know when to apply them. They're not going to have the right application. And uh, that's just the beauty of poker is, like, someone can play how you used to play in 2003, and someone can play how you play today, and – they both can win. And that's just the beauty of the game. So it, it helps my confidence to just study and be uh, on par and see what other people are doing. And then I try to take some of the new stuff and incorporate it into my game. And, and I think it all, overall just makes me more confident to just know what to do in, in almost any situation. And, and poker stuff, right, Mikey? Like right. there's millions and, and billions of combinations in terms of there's unlimited possibilities in terms of the variables you need to look at right. with stack sizes and board textures and, right. and, uh, betting. Like it's, it's, it's endless. So the more experience you have and the more understanding you have of different concepts, the more successful uh, you'll be. So I got one, and, one question and this is, I know you'll have a, a pretty good way of explaining it. You know, when you play like one to three, I don't think GTO matters much, but in the bigger buy-in tournaments, or the bigger uh, cash games, what what level do you think uh, you need to be playing in order to take GTO seriously, and why? Well, I think it all depends on your your game and who you're playing, okay. your opponents, right? So, I mean, GTO strategy is going to be best when played against other GTO players. Right. Um, if you're not playing against people that are playing GTO, then you're going to be playing more of an exploitive strategy. Right. So I think GTO is a strategy that's going to, that can win. Like a GTO strategy is like a solid strong, sound fundamental strategy. It's going to win no matter what, right. in my opinion, because you're just, you're constantly making winning plays. You're constantly like taking in the right information and, and analyzing it appropriately. But, um, but yeah, in these, in these big games that you see with the world's best players, if you're not playing a GTO strategy for the most part, I mean, obviously you can step outside and do different things at different times. But if you're not playing a GTO strategy, you're going to be a big dog in the long run. And now, granted, some of these games might only be six or eight hours and you can eke out wins here and there. But mm. if you see these same opponents night after night, you're going to get your teeth kicked in eventually if you don't really have an understanding of, of how to structure your ranges, how to attack uh, weak ranges, how to set up pots and bet sizing. Mm. So I really do think GTO is the future, but um, but there's there's beauty in poker where people can play unorthodox and still win. So, yeah. So my, yeah, my answer is basically in a GTO game, you, you should be geared to, to be, 
to, to know what's going on and play GTO yourself, but it's also, you know, poker and you can play a solid strategy and not get too beaten up by GTO players. But, uh, you know, you still might be, your win rate is going to be worse than these, uh, these superstars. Right. Absolutely. And, and that, and that's just the, however you want to quantify it in terms of like big blinds per hundred hands or, or, you know, buy-in or whatever you want to say, you're, you're definitely going to be losing in GTO games against GTO players. If you don't understand and, and battle in that same, in that same sense. So like, you know, like when I had Jonathan Little on, I still think I consider it one of my best podcasts ever. And like, we talked a lot about what we're, what you were talking about right now. And I, I know now I, I can look back as why I was, why have I had two losing months playing cash in my whole, or playing live my whole life? And I've, but overall, I'm like about 4 million loser online. Uh, why is that? And I used to, first of all, I never had a, a whatever those things called that, that used to track, what are those things called that people use? Uh, the, oh, the HUD? Holding tracker? Yeah, HUD. Yeah, I never HUD. had a HUD. I never had all the software that tells you, well, you know, I just like, here my would be I play with a guy or whatever his name was and I would write idiot idiot plays good solid tight <laughs> idiot you know so I didn't like write down I I didn't put like the work into and the thing is 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 when you since I I read people so well it took away when I realized I kept saying to everybody the online poker is completely different than live. And it really is because if you're not playing optimal GTO uh, math online and analytics based on, on what you're, what you just talked about, you you can't win where live yeah. you can, you can pick people off by, by reading them and, and by, by seeing the way, uh, you know, like I, I always, like I was, I think I was telling you the other day, I'm, I'm always looking at the aggressive players looking, uh, I'm just studying them. I'll spend, I'll be folding like the first hour. Uh, and if I, especially if I know if it's a table, it's not going to break the, the whole day and I'll just be studying them and I'm just looking to pick up on, on something they give away. I'm just a person that has no interest in playing the best players in the world. I, I've always thought as poker as poker is a good, you always play against people who play worse than you. And as long as you're always in that spot, you're always going to win. Um, if I, uh, and this is one of the things like I, I, you know, I, I try, I try and tell Phil about, but you know, Phil's kind of hard headed. So he's, he doesn't like, you know, he, you know, he's just like, I'm the greatest and that's the way it is. And everybody who knows Phil knows just, that's just what Phil does. So, but if, uh, uh, like we were talking the other day, God, if Phil was to just spend that time and listen to you as good as he reads, I mean, like if he, the thing is, is he wants to go down as the greatest player of all time. I don't, you see what I'm saying? And if you want to go down as the greatest player of all time, you want to go down as the greatest world series, no uh, player of all time with the most bracelets, or do you want to go down as the greatest player of all time? Phil wants to go down as the greatest player of all time, which is why I've helped him so much with his mixed games, and he's become really good at them. And uh, people say, well, why do you help him? Well, when things were bad for me, Phil was uh, Phil was only one of two people that were there for me. So, you know, uh, people that were there for me, I'm going to be there for them. So, uh, you know, I, I like what you're yeah. saying, you know. Yeah, and like a guy like a guy like Phil, who 
you know, some might consider the best in the world because, you know, I know he considers himself the best in the world, but he also has, he has stats to back it up. You know, what has he got? 14 WSOP bracelets. Now, granted, we could, we could, we could break those down and say, okay, how big were these field sizes? When were these bracelets won? Yada, yada. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say he's got the results. He's continued to put up results. Even now, yeah. in this day and age, he continues to put up results. And that's just the beauty of poker. Now, if you ask the population, if you ask the community, is Phil the best poker player in the world? Everyone would laugh at you and say, right. hell no. You know, because we, we know better. It's like... What, um, they, what they don't but, see, though, they don't see the good things he does. They just see right. uh, coming from he, the... He's the, he's the completely unorthodox player. Right. Like, he doesn't have fundamentals that stick with the with the population he right. does everything against the grain he he makes these ridiculous plays that are like totally against everything that like anyone is teaching right. and that's great for him but it's also like you know it makes him who he is so so it's really hard to to like kind of quantify his play style because right. you know he makes a lot of mistakes a lot of big mistakes right. but in the same right he's also got like really good results and that's yeah, and he does. But the thing is, is uh, because me and Phil well, are so close. When it comes to tournaments, right. you can get away with being a little funky and going right. against the grain. But when it comes to cash game, if you try to do that shit too frequently, you're, you're, you're just not going to win over time. Right, right. But, you exactly. know, he's, he's one of the greatest poker tournament players in the world. And he Absolutely. still continues to do it. You know, he, I've seen him do some of the most ridiculous shit that I'm just like, what the hell are you doing? But, you know, he still gets there in the end. And, and that's just the beauty and- in this game. And... The thing is, is and the thing is, if you look, if you look at the people from that were really successful, late '90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s, up, and you look at 2019, I think I can really count on a hand. I mean, maybe ten tops, five, ten that that were 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 winning in 2000, mid 2000s, and and 2010, 2015, and Phil's one of them. Daniel's one of them, and I'm one of them, and John Hannigan's one of them. Uh, let's, I mean, uh, Sean Deeb. Uh, I mean, there's how many? There's just not. There's just not many you could. Count. I'm sure there's a few others, but I mean, there was many of people that dominated in even the mid 2000s that they don't even they show up the world they lose at the World Series every year. You know what I'm saying? And uh, a lot of people say, well, what have you done, Mike, since 2013? Well, bottom line, I've been real successful at the World Series every year. I just haven't won the bracelet. And just like people don't realize this, you know, Daniel's like one of the all, I think, top first or second all-time money list, right? And he's got six WBT bracelets. But he's got four, he's got four in Vegas, one in Australia, and uh, one in a high roller in uh, WSOPE. And uh, he plays... I don't know, 55, 65 out of the 90 events. And I played 20 a year, you know, last three years, I played 52 events. I've cast 23 and made six final tables. Uh, and uh, I just haven't been able to, to get. And the, those uh, are great results. Like, yeah. That's great. I mean, you nobody know? has that's results like results. that. And, and the thing is, is, is uh, even this year, like coming off of, I hadn't played a no limit hold'em tournament in two years, and in February of last year, I played the LAPC. I won a I won a, a super satellite to get in it, and I ended up getting twenty seventh. Uh, and it was a very disheartening twenty seventh because I started uh, 
with twenty uh, with thirty five people to go. I was fifteenth in chips, so to me, anything worse than finishing fifteenth was going to be just devastating to me. But I honestly, like I said, I played with uh, with some of the best in the world, and I I, I played with two players who I thought played better than me. Uh, one is uh, I forgot his name, but he's he just gets results all over the place. And, oh yeah, and the and the guy that won uh, that final table that ended up getting uh, third or fourth, he's won like what's he won? Uh, he made like thirteen WBT final tables. Darren, Darren, Darren El- Elias. So he Elias, was one, yeah, Elias. Darren so Elias, Darren yeah. Elias and uh, the kid who finished seventh in the LAPC. I'm so bad with names. Those were the two I thought played better than me. I mean, I felt it. You know what I'm saying? I literally felt it. The rest of it, everything else, I felt. I was in my comfort zone. I felt like I could I could just pretty much do what I wanted to do, and I felt pretty comfortable. And so uh, going into the World Series, I, I, I said I was going to play more No Limit. As it ends up, I, I ended up not playing more No Limit. Uh, I ended up playing three No Limit tournaments I, because I, I, it ends up I'm such a great mixed game uh, p- tournament player and cash game player, and you just don't get to play the big mixed game tournaments just only at the World Series once a year. So you just love playing them. And um, even as much as I wanted to play more No Limits, I, you know, like the the Colossus and the, there was just so many people that I just, I, the big 50, like I had that on my schedule. And then when I saw the lines, people were sitting to get in, on to get into them. There were lines, just not just lines of people for everybody yeah. out there who don't know. They were sitting in the ground in lines like for 200 yards long. And I'm just yeah. like, and it was like a nightmare down there. And I'm just like, I'm not going to waste five days in this fucking shitty turn. I got, I got mixed game tournaments to play. So I end up, uh, I do end up playing. Uh, I draw like one of the toughest table in the 3k shootout and daniel's like oh you got no shot against any of them i guarantee i got no shot and uh when it was all said and done i was uh three-handed with the chip lead and i i was playing against uh one of the german guys really nice a rent rent ren 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 remco what's his name uh I, uh, you know who he is. Anyways, uh, Rainer, 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 Campy. Rainer Camp. That's it. Really super nice yeah. guy, right? And uh, I made this this uh, big raise, and he called. Uh, he raised, I re-raised, and he called, and the flop came like queen high, and he checked, and I, I think I had ace king, and he called, and I, I just said I knew he had a queen, right? And now on the turn, uh, the board was like queen jack eight. And uh, he checked, and I moved all in. And he literally was tanking for three minutes. He had queen eight. He turned queen. He had queens and eights because he knew how my Im- how I set up my image and how tight I played. But he also they never saw how I started mixing it up and how I, you know how I got those chips started moving those chips up. And uh, it's like he told me if he doesn't catch the eight on the turn, I win the pot, which I knew that. You see what I'm trying to say? And so I ended up getting third in that, and I was kind of disappointed because. You know, when Daniel said I couldn't win my table, uh, that that put me on a more of a mission to win my table. And I, I, I mean, I played against. Uh, let's see who else was at the table. Uh, and just uh, just, to, just to say something real quick about that hand. That hand is funny because, you know, with your tight style, he didn't he didn't understand your range, right? right, right. Like he thought your range was super tight. So if he doesn't hit an eight there, 
against against an, any other player when he hits the eight there it's a gin card he he it's, yeah. he, he knows he like, said it. he said he said he's continuing against yeah he but said against you he he was just like wow this guy's moving all in like his, i really don't know his ranges right and that's that's the beauty of just playing an unorthodox style right. but um but yeah he still found the call because he knew like he knew he just had a strong hand he, he really couldn't yeah, and and, and I, it I, there was another superstar. It literally had like four. I, I couldn't draw. It was probably like, like on uh like on paper, uh, it was a nine handed, and five of them were five of the top fifteen players in the world. I mean, I forgot the other two. And when Daniel said I couldn't win it, I mean now, you know, when you now I was now I was on a mission. So the bottom line was is I, I if he I knew he was never. I raised the button. He called out of the big blind with Queen Eight off. And then he check called on the uh, queen jack flop, and it came eight on the turn. He checked that I moved in, and I moved, And you're talking about me moving in for a for a big amount, you know. And I had never risked more than maybe I don't know, maybe three or four big bets in any pot the entire six hours we were playing together. So you could understand when I moved in why it took him so long to call. And he, for sure, he was scared. He, 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 he legitimately told me that he hated the call, you know, but he, he said he just, because of, you know, three hands, he just can't because of, you know, the situation, but yeah, his hands just too strong. My read, my read was right. If, you know, I thought that he was weak pre-flop and I didn't think he had nine ten, and I felt like he did have a queen when he called me and I just thought he was, he could not call an all in. And he told me afterwards that I played amazing and that if he doesn't hit an eight i was going to win it and i and i and it ended up after he won that hand he ended up winning the the table about two minutes later uh so um i was a little upset about it but i liked the way i played so i came off the lapc playing good i liked the way i adjusted in that in this uh, uh shootout and uh one a question for you one more question um uh what's the uh very first step for someone understanding GTO. Daniel claims it's knowing how many combinations of ace king are out there. Uh, what what do you start with teaching field players GTO? What would be your starting point of teaching field players GTO? My starting point would be ranges, like determining what range you're going to play and what range you're going to be up against, because mm-hmm. that's where that's where it starts. It all starts with a range, and then. As the board comes out and the betting starts, now we can start removing hands from the range mm-hmm. and getting more information to dissect the range going into the turn, then even more information, and then going into the river, and then having all the information at the river to make a calculated decision. So, the you know, the combinations and then that kind of stuff, it's good to know because you can get to the river and then count the combinations mm-hmm. and say, okay... He's got this many combinations of sets, this many combinations of two pairs, this many combinations of flushes, whatever. And then these are his bluffs. And then you can kind of make an educated guess by saying, okay, there's this many value combos and this many bluff combos. So, yeah, it it is helpful to count the combos when you get to that point. But I think you need to first understand the range of your opponent and yourself Mm -hmm. before you can even think about counting combos. Right. Well, yeah, because yeah. Daniel was trying to like. Uh, I was up all night one day, and uh, when I'm up all night, my brain doesn't. Uh, those days are over, by the way, because I, I finally realized about a year and a half, about a year ago, that 
no more long sessions. My birth, my body just can't take it. So uh, I haven't played a long, I've only played one long session in like a year and a half. But uh, so I was up, he was trying to explain to me combos and my brain was like going so slow. Uh, but I'm sure uh, when we work together, I'll, I'll be rested and I'll be able to understand what you're saying. And I just, I just think, I, I mean, I, I know, I don't know. I know, I don't know. There's, there might be people that could read better than me, but I, my feel and my, my intuition of when they have me beat or when they don't is, is just unbelievable. And what it is is like when I got cheated out of all that money on UB back in, to in in the mid two thousands, it took away my ability to pull the trigger and to follow my intuition. Um, now. Now that I, you know, haven't played much after my injury and it was like I played like very little no limit for like three, four years, I'm not thinking anymore about, oh, are, there, are they going to call me when they pull the trigger? Because that's all I used to think about because I got cheated out of all that money and they were, when they were seeing my cards in, in, the, in the UB scandal, uh, you know, I, I, all of a sudden I lost my confidence. But now I'm using my intuition, I'm exploiting it, and it's just been beautiful. And... Uh, if I just add like what you're trying to teach me to this, I, I, I honestly believe if if I decide I want to work and become uh, one of the top three no limit players in the world, then if I learn, I I would be, I will be. Now uh, it's whether my brain with the medications that I'm on from my injury still um, is able to process it. If it's able to process it. God, I feel sorry for what I'm going to do to the poker world and no limit hold them in the next few years. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Because, so, I mean, it's not easy. This stuff is not easy. Like, I'm constantly learning. And you really got to want to learn because there's so much information to digest. And right. there's always new stuff, too. So, so yeah, if you, if you want to be to anyone, if anyone wants to be that good at poker and, and make it to the top, you know, it takes a lot of work and then a lot of luck. And even look at some of the people who made it to the top. Yeah. They, they, some of the people who've made it to the top have gotten away from poker because yeah. they understand how hard it is and how much effort you need to put and how, well, and how, much, how much luck plays a, a role at times. Yeah. Too. And, and, and that's what, you know, back and, and the, the truth of the matter is, is, is back pre 2006, you know, uh, I didn't have to worry about, uh, how much I lost or gambled away in sports because I was that much better than everybody else, you know? And when I, when people started getting good, I actually gave them way more credit than I probably should have. And that's one of the bigger mistakes I made. But now if, if, uh, you know, I'm kind of on a mission, you know, I'm, uh, my health is, I've struggled the last couple of weeks, which I don't know why I'm praying to God. It's not that other disc that they told me I'm going to need surgery on again. Uh, I knock on wood and pray every night that it's not. Uh, but I, I, I have felt good today, um, which is good. And I felt good yesterday. So we'll see what, you know, how that works out. But as long as my health holds up and I'm able to play and now that I'm, uh, I'm uh, on my feet again and uh, being able to ante up and, and play and I'm, I'm, very game selective um and one of the things like a little bit of advice for people out there that are struggling bankroll wise um something that i was used to never be able to do which is 
control my ego, sit in any game, be, and because and, I was just, I'm just that good in mixed games and everything. But now, what I learned and how I got back on my feet with basically zero people helping me out was was game selection. Always putting myself in spots that the games were perfectly suited for my bankroll. In other words, maybe it had two two people that were, were going to lose lose a lot in the game and the rest were pretty solid where I knew where they were at. And so I would play and pick up wins and wins and small. It all became a, about, you know, stringing wins together. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't like hit and run wins, but it was about playing in games where I was big, way bigger favorites than you would be in a normal everyday game. And so, you know, my, one of my advices to people who are out there, a lot of a couple people actually called in the show, they've been running bad, what kind of advice I gave them. And, and that's kind of the advice I gave them is, and they go, well, how do you do that? You know, well, it took me a long time. It was, I mean, it took me like 49 years to figure out, you know what, Mike, if, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, if things aren't going so well, uh, what are you going to do? And I finally, uh, you know, I finally learned bankroll management, money management and game selection. I've been saying it for years. You give me a guy who's got a C game at all times that doesn't tilt, that has game selection over the top player in the world that will play for 24 hours and has no game selection. And I'll take the guy with the C game all day long to make more money than him. And it will. It's just that's the way it is. You know what I mean? But now I take myself now, my game selection, my money management, my health is better. I now put that together with what you are going to help teach me, and I hopefully pray to God I stay healthy, and I I, I think I'm going to become a monster again, you know. And I hope I hope I hope I do, you know. I know I will for sure. Fact, you know, for sure, absolutely. So. You'll only get better. It's not like you're going to get worse. This will only help you, and you just got to fit it to your strategy and fit fit, you know, use it accordingly. Yeah, and then that's kind of what I'm saying because because when you're playing against the right players, you know it really just comes down to the basics and the fundamentals and and the analytics and and all that. So so yeah, for sure, definitely will help you out. And 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 the, and the trade off for for uh, Tristan helped me out is I'm going to teach him mixed games because he he definitely needs to learn mixed games because there is uh, there's too many times that there's just no limit games going that are just average or below average and. And then there's a even whether it's a small or medium sized mixed game that's just juicy as heck right next there and and you, you it's real important that I uh, teach you that so we're gonna work together and uh, we, we've always been very close friends and now that he's now that you're living here it's uh, I look forward to us spending a lot more time together and, and it's uh, it's gonna be yeah, a good it's gonna here. be a good next few years and uh, hopefully it's gonna be a good uh, birthday for you this uh, this next week. Uh, and or me and you and maybe Jerry said she goes well maybe what if you and Tristan uh, end up playing together? I said if me and Tristan end up playing together, it's going to be at the. F- I hope it's at the final table and we uh, oh, that we get sick. first or second. No, well, that would be uh, that would be sick. That'd be too much, man. That would be like uh, like the icing on the cake. So uh, that'd be a dream come true, man. That it, would be. It really would. Well, Tristan, man, I, I appreciate the call, uh, the interview. I, I appreciate talking with you. Um, I uh, hope that people out there learned a little bit, and uh, I want you to go ahead and plug your site that uh, you're teaching at and everything right now, and uh, uh, go ahead and tell everybody again what that is. 
Awesome. Yeah. So I'm Tristan Wade. You can uh, find me at creativecoaching.com. Creative coaching is my private coaching service. And you can also find me on pokercoaching.com where I am a newly content creator, uh, teacher there. And uh, there's a lot of good information on there for amateur to intermediate players who really want to learn. Even GTO stuff is on uh, the poker coaching. They got a ton of stuff on there. So yeah, follow me. I'm Tristan Creative on all social media if you want to look me up and i also have a newsletter i put out periodically i would say weekly but you know i don't always do it every week but um you can sign up at creativecoaching.com for that too so appreciate uh appreciate the time and the platform mike i uh, love what you're doing and uh i love love your grind buddy you got it my man and uh thanks a lot buddy the mouthpiece well, I hope y'all enjoyed episode 29, year one of our podcast. Stay tuned next week for episode 30. And don't forget to visit youstake.com. Click on my name and uh, buy a piece of me in the WPT5 Diamond. That starts on Monday. Have a great week, everyone. The Mouthpiece.